everybody, welcome into the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs, an exclusive home of Cubs checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. Tony and Drackey here with Andy Martinez. And Andy, first off, we're going to do a quick trivia question. Okay. Kyle Milanovic had, had uh, one for us. So we know the Cubs record, 32-29 and 29 in the second half going into this final homestand. So we're recording this before Tuesday's game. They've played 19 series in that time. Okay. What is their record in series play, excluding that one game win they had in Baltimore? Okay, because that was the continuation of a rain delay to yeah. game series, which was a split. Uh, I'm going to go 10-8-1. Um, 10-8-1. and one. Ten, eight, and one. We're being told no, that is not the right answer. Okay. Uh, I will go with, I'm trying to think if they did split one or not. I'm going to say 11-8. and eight. That's the wrong answer also. Huh. I, I have no idea then. I'm, I'm stumped. Correct answer is, oh, 10 and 9, excluding the Orioles series. I thought they would actually have been a little bit higher than that. Yeah, I thought so So no too. ties. All right, so the Cubs have been 32 and 29 in the second half, 10 and 9 in series play. Um, that kind of leads us into our first topic, Andy, of what are we watching over the final week of the season? I think for me, one of the things is how they play. I, I yeah. do think that there's a lot of merit to going into the offseason saying, hey, for this big chunk of time, even including the, the trade deadline and trading away several pieces of that bullpen away, they've been over 500. That means a lot to the guys in the clubhouse. I think it could mean something to the fan base. I guess that's depending on each individual fan to decide. But I do think that it means something for going back to what we've talked about in this pod and what Jed Hoyer has talked about, that they have confidence they're building the right direction. Being above 500, you know, winning some of these six games in this homestand or the three in Cincinnati, getting to the point where they are still over 500, that to me is a storyline. Yeah, that. And then we saw what they did when they went to New York. They played the Mets, sweeping the Mets. They've, they've talked about wanting to play spoilers. They have an opportunity in this Philly series. The Phillies are in the hunt for the final wild card spot with the Brewers, so there's a little bit of that. And then, yeah, to your point, seeing how they finish strong, and when you consider the 32-29 and 29 record, it's even more impressive when you think about what's happened to the rotation. Kyle Hendricks went down. Yeah. Wade Miley, you know, suffered, was, suffered a ton of setbacks, had a bunch of injuries. Drew Smiley, who was one of the best pitchers in baseball when he was healthy, suffered an injury and went down. And you had to rely on Hayden Wesneski in his Justin MLB Steele debut. Justin and Keegan Thompson. Yes, over exactly. Yeah. So you, you, you have all these key important pieces going down, and you have, you just bring up a Hayden Wesneski, you bring up a Javier Assad, you, you turn Adrian Sampson into a full-time piece of the rotation, and they become valuable assets to, to your starting rotation, to your big league staff. That's really impressive. And to see them continue that through the final you know week and a half of the season – I think is very important and one of the things I'm going to be looking at for sure going into the to the offseason. Yeah, and we're going to touch more on the, those pitchers, a lot of those names later on in this podcast. Um, another thing for me that I'm going to be keeping an eye on is just the injuries. You already yeah. mentioned like Drew Smiley and Wade Miley, depending on when they pitch or how they pitch or even if they pitch again, yeah. you know, the rest of this year. Um, we know Kyle Hendricks is done. Keegan Thompson has come back in the bullpen. Albert Alzali has come back in the bullpen. Justin Steele, like, is, is he going to make any sort of outing at all, yeah. or is he done? And then also, you know, Nico Horner, we saw him DH in, in Pittsburgh before that series was over. You know, him getting back out and playing the field, maybe even playing regularly. Right. And then Wilson Contreras as well, if he's able to make a return from that left ankle injury. Um, if he's able to get like this other farewell to fans, especially yeah. on the homestand here. I think those are things that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on and just seeing if 
there's that potential. And, and also with minor league seasons wrapping up too, like there's not really an option for these guys, some of these guys, at least like Steele and, and Wilson who are on the IL, to go get some work in rehab games. Yeah, that's the big thing too. Uh, Tommy Hadwee spoke uh, before the series finale in Pittsburgh and mentioned, you know, we'd love to see Justin Steele back, but it doesn't necessarily have to be in a game setting, right? If he throws a high-intensity bullpen yeah. or a high, you know, you know, something that he's able to finish well, finish healthy, and know that he stayed healthy for the most part through a whole season is big for them, and, and they can build on that in the offseason and build on things that he kind of showed and flashes that he showed and, and continue to improve for 2020, 2023 because that, he's going to be a big part of the rotation for, for the Chicago Cubs especially if he keeps performing like he did when he was healthy. And another guy, too, who's not injured but on the restricted list, Seiya Suzuki, was back in Japan for the birth of his first child. Um, we're expecting him back in Chicago at yeah. some point this week, maybe even at the field again Tuesday later in the day as we're recording this podcast. Um, don't know necessarily when he'd be active, I imagine. He'd have, after two-plus weeks off, he'd need a little bit of ramp-up yeah. period. Um, but, yeah, you know, seeing how he finishes his rookie year strong because I think for over a month there, you know, after coming back from injury – he was pretty good in July, maybe hit a dip there. But then there was like a month of really, really solid play yeah. where he was probably their best offensive producer for that month span. Um, so I think finishing on a high note for him would also be very valuable for this team and for him as he moves into next year and see if maybe he can make that leap into like stardom next season. Yeah, that's the big thing. And, uh, you know, we always knew with Saya this season was that there was going to be a learning curve, right? Seeing a lot of pitchers for the first time, almost all the pitchers for the first time, I'd, I'd venture to say. I don't know how many he saw from his time in Japan, but, you know, adjusting to the league, adjusting to the customs. You know, I asked him early on in the season, what's the difference between traveling uh, here in MLB compared to Japan? He mentioned the longest flight's maybe like four hours uh, in Japan. Here in the U.S., you know, if you go, you know, Chicago to L.A., that's already four hours. And then you're traveling every third day. There's there's a lot more of that and getting used to that. You know, there's a lot that he had to get used to that is now all under his belt. And he can go into next season knowing what it takes to go through a full major league season. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're, we'll also see during the offseason, like in terms of storylines to watch over the final week, there will be a lot of storylines to watch as the season wraps up too. Yeah. And so Jed Hoyer's front office, we'll have a lot of decisions to make. And so Andy, for you, I guess, what's the first order of business that Jed and his front office need to determine when the season wraps up October 5th in Cincinnati? I think the biggest thing is the 40 man crunch for yeah. me. You know, there, there's so many guys that you have to, you know, there's, there's the obvious is right. Like we, Brendan Davis, he's going to get put out. He's yep. very, very, very likely to be put on the 40 man. Uh, Kevin Alcantara too, will probably be put on the 40 man. Ben Brown, likely to be put on the 40 man but that you know that and then you start getting into the category of other guys Darius Hill mm -hmm. your Hendrick Pinango guys like that that you know do you want to put them on the 40 man do you risk that going through the rule five draft that to me is the first order of business because you still have a full 40 man as is and you know obviously there's gonna be some spaces cleared with you know like guys like Jason Hayward that will be moving on and, and other guys that become free agents but that's the biggest thing for me is figuring out what they're gonna what their plans are for for the 40 man because it really is a, a roster crunch in that situation. Yeah, I think definitely. And, and also they have to evaluate like what they already have because yeah. you, you mentioned there are a few guys that are moving on, like Wade Miley, Drew Smiley, Wilson Contreras, Jason Hayward are all going to be probably moving on in some capacity. Now, again, some of those guys, Miley, Smiley, or Contreras could be returning. Yeah. We don't know. But for now, they would probably be off the books in terms of 40-man roster spots. But then what do they do? What do the Cubs do with Esteban Quiros or yeah. – 
Zach McKinstry even, you know, I imagine Mercy McKinstry's, so yeah, like, hit, Mercia, there's, there's a lot of guys that are, kind of fit into this, what kind of comes next bucket? Yeah, Jared Young's another good mm-hmm. one, we've seen him up here, hasn't played a ton, you know, um, and then also, you know, guys, just determining where they go from here and these fits of, yeah. of how all these players work moving forward. Fernmio Reyes is another one that I think is really interesting that we talked about earlier in a podcast like a month ago where he fits into next year. And I thought there was like a really good chance, like 90 plus percent chance he's back for next year. He adds an element of power. He fills that DH spot. We haven't seen him perform the way that he was in August yeah. so far in the month of September. And, you know, he hasn't been out there a few times, just even recently over the last week or so. Um, so I, I think it'd be really curious to see that because I think he's in second year arbitration. He'll be due somewhere around four or five million dollars next year. Yep. Uh, so it'd be really fascinating to see what the Cubs think about Fenmil Reyes if he's a guy that they will tender a contract to and end up going through the arbitration process and figure out. And he's probably like the biggest guy on that list of self-evaluation. Yeah, and to that point, it was really interesting in Pittsburgh to see him play the field. It was the first time since July before he was a Cub that he had played the yeah. field. When he was with the Cubs, he was he's been exclusively a DH played some right field it'll be interesting to see you know if that was okay we want to not only have you as a DH yes you're a very valuable DH but you can also play in the outfield yeah and, and I think figuring out maybe that first base spot too yeah. you know Frank Schwindel is off the roster right now again Jared Young is a possibility Alfonso Rivas uh, Matt Mervis is not going to be on the 40 man this year I think that's already well understood yep. uh, but maybe a guy that could factor into the team next year and the yeah. roster next year and how they they play it out. So, but yeah, figuring out the first base spot, clearing room also for free agents, I think yeah. is a big deal because they're going to shop this winter. I don't, we don't know exactly if it's going to be at the top of the market, but I imagine they'll be in for some starting pitchers, for some relievers, especially yep. for other impact bats. And, and we know there's four guys in the shortstop position that are likely to become free agents this year. Yeah. And that's the big thing too, is you can't just say, well, you know, we have six spots, you know, these, these six guys, you know, that are on the fringe, you just throw them on there because yeah then if you sign a free agent, well, you need a 40-man spot. So you need that. You need to have that balance of like, you know, do we go, you know, 37 or something and, and, and just play that kind of game. So it's, it's not just like is a fill up the 40 and then figure it out later. It's, you, you have to play it smart uh, throughout the offseason. Yeah, definitely. So that'll be the questions that Carter Hawkins, Jed Hoyer, and the rest of the front office will have to try to answer. Yeah. And, and, I mean, we'll find out in the next month or so after the season ends because uh, all of that will have to be decided by like the first week of November mm-hmm. as well. So we're going to take a quick break here on the Cubs Weekly Podcast. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of those pitchers we discussed and what role they may have in 2023 and beyond. Get your Wintrust exclusive debit card. Get your Cubs card. Ooh, I'll take one. How much? Actually, they pay you $300. You heard right. Get a $300 bonus when you open a Cubs checking account with Wintrust. Enjoy all perks and purchase with pride every time with your Wintrust Cubs debit card. $300? What? I'll take a $300. $300? Get your exclusive card at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. All right, Andy, to finish up this pod in this segment here, we're going to talk about some of these pitchers. There's quite a few guys that I think there's a decent amount of question marks surrounding, not necessarily if they're going to be on the big league roster for some of these guys on our list, that will be a question, but what role they fill. Is it a long man? Is it a one-inning reliever? Or is it a member of the rotation? Let's start out with Kyle Hendricks. He's out for the season. Uh, I know you just spoke with Tommy Hadovy in Pittsburgh before the end of, of that trip out there. Tell us a little bit about Kyle Hendricks, how the Cubs envision him going into 2023. Yeah, the, the biggest takeaway for me was Tommy Hadovy 
strictly said he, you know, we factor him as a big piece for 2023. They still believe, you know, that he's going to come back and be maybe not the 2016, 2017 version where, you know, he was getting Cy Young votes, but a very, very good major league pitcher and part of the, uh, part of the rotation. He's been, when he's been healthy, we saw it in, in, you know, burst this year. We saw it through the stretch that he had last year where he was like 17 out of 20 starts. He had a quality start. Yeah. A stretch like that. He was like 13 and two in that span with a two, five ERA around that range. We've seen what he's capable of being able to do. Uh, so for him to be, if they can get some semblance of that back, that's huge. Tommy Hadovy mentioned he's in back in Arizona working on strengthening and he's kind of fixing some things in his mechanics uh, that or that in his strength program that allow him to fix things in his mechanics because he's felt the last couple of years that some of his mechanics have been going maybe not completely out of block, but there's been some some things he's wanted to correct. And in the season, you can't you just don't have the time to fix right. your, your those mechanical mistakes when you're going out there every fifth day to compete. He has the time to do that now, and he should go into the offseason, Tommy, how do we said, uh, in a normal offseason going into 2023, you know, as, you know, 100% healthy. Well, and even maybe a little bit ahead of some guys, that, yeah. that was one of the takeaways I had said, too, is, you know, how do we mention that a lot of guys, when they're done pitching, take a month or so off yeah. before they pick it back up, where it's Hendricks would be kind of the opposite. And yeah. his arm, he can potentially get built up already, you know, maybe a month or three weeks ahead of mm-hmm. some of these other guys. So I think there's a lot of optimism there regarding that. But you're right, I mean, about the fact that, like, this is a guy that a little over a year ago, there was legitimate talk over whether Kyle Hendricks would be an all-star representative for the Cubs. He was pitching yeah. that well in the middle of last season. There was also some random questions about if he could win 20 games because he was on pace to yeah. win 20, 20 games, games yep. for a stretch last year, which is kind of crazy to think about, you know, the, everything that happened after the trade deadline and, and just where that season ended up for the Cubs. But yeah, I mean, he was very effective. He was, especially even after starting April, a little uh, tough last year, May, June, July, like he was an ace. And uh, for much of August as well, he was the ace they needed. He was going six or seven innings every time out, giving the team a chance to win. And he started this year's opening day and he was like a no brainer for that spot. Even Marcus Stroman was saying, no, he should be the starter. So I think, yes, things have kind of taken a turn a little bit. And if you look at the overall numbers, this is still Kyle Hendricks. This is still a guy who's done everything he's done prior to the 2021 season in a Cubs uniform. He is a little bit older, but if there's anybody to get back on track, it's Hendricks is a guy I feel confident in to do so. Yeah, that's uh, the same boat too, where you think about the start he had in San Diego, he was an out away from having a complete game, which kind of says everything about who Kyle Hendricks can be, right? You know, we don't see many complete games, unless it's San Diego Contador, we don't see many complete games in, in baseball nowadays. Kyle Hendricks was moving in and out there. He's been, he's been fan, he's been fantastic when he's been healthy. And if you can have that back, that's, couple that with Justin Steele and, and Marcus Stroman. You've got a few good pieces there in that rotation for next year. Yeah, and I think adjusting expectations too. Like, I don't think the Cubs or any fans at this yeah. point are expecting Hendricks to be the ace or their mm-hmm. opening day starter. I imagine Stroman or Steele would get that nod or maybe even a new pitcher this winter. Who knows? Yeah. But if Hendricks can be like the three or four or five guy in that rotation, I think that's setting the stage for a lot more upside there. Yeah. And also the Cubs not necessarily having to rely on him because they do have some of these other names on the list. And Hayden Wisniewski, I think, is a guy that, for me, I thought going into next year, maybe a multi-inning relief role, yeah. or maybe start the year in AAA just to see. I mean, he's he's pitched well there for the Yankees AAA farm system or team and, and for the Cubs here. The way he has looked in his yeah. last few starts, in his first few big league starts, I should say, I, he's a guy that, like, 
maybe could be in the rotation as the like number five starter next year. Yeah, I mean, he threw an immaculate inning in yeah, last out, yeah. and it's, it's hard to argue against that. Uh, one of the cooler things, too, and he was really excited about that after the fact. But, yeah, he's I'm right there with you where I kind of pictured him, if he did come up this season, you know, multi-inning relief role, and then, you know, next season kind of being the, the Keegan Thompson of this year, right, where it's like, all right, he pitches in three innings, he gives the bullpen a day yeah. off. It's, it's hard not to, if he keeps doing this, should have one, maybe two, but probably just one start the rest of the way. If he does that and he has a good spring training, it's hard to say, hey, you know, this guy's this guy is a long relief pitcher or a, or a, a triple A depth. Like it's hard to not pencil him into the rotation because he has been that good. The slider is real. It's, it's it moves a ton. It's it's like a frisbee out there. Yeah. And what I thought was impressive was, you know, everyone's kind of said about uh, his forcing, how strong it is. And he said he feels like he's not pinpointing it right, like he's not on it yet. And if you can play that forcing with that slider, I mean, I think that just takes him to a whole new level. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the stuff is there. It's big league yeah. quality stuff. I also like the intangibles that yeah. he is very confident in his stuff. Yeah. And he said after his start at Wrigley Field, his first start, that he he knows his stuff is so good that his job is just to pound the zone. Yeah. And you look at that, I mean, he's barely walking guys in the big league so far. He's striking a lot of guys out. He's missing bats. But then he's also found a way to be efficient. He is yeah. back-to-back quality starts. Like, he's going deep into games with not a high pitch count. And, again, he's not beating himself by walking guys. There's a lot to like there. Granted, it is a small sample size, but he's a guy that definitely has put himself on the radar and the rotation radar, I think, next year. Uh, either way, Hayden Wesneski seems like a good long-term piece for this for this uh, pitching staff moving forward for the Cubs. Edward Alzali is another guy that last year he made the rotation, uh, you know, an opening day. This year he came back with a lat injury, you know, just behind the shoulder. Second time in his career, second time in the last yeah. four years that he has dealt with that. Cost him four months in 2018. Uh, now he's back and playing. He's in a uh, you know a relief role, multi inning probably. Sometimes he's been out there only for one. But like, where do you see him fitting in next year? Is it a rotation or is it that like weapon out of the bullpen? Yeah, it's talking to Tommy Hadovy. It seems like he's kind of uh, you know uh, we spoke about Keegan Thompson being that multi inning relief weapon. You know, David Ross always called him a weapon. I think Edward Elzali kind of fits in that yeah. spot. Tommy Hadovy, interesting. Who I thought was really interesting said that we want him to be stretched out. We want to stretch him out next year. This year it was all about, you know, just getting him back on yep. a major league field and pitching. And Adbert Alzelay mentioned it too, you know, that the the best way to do that was to be coming out of the bullpen where he'd have a little bit more appearances as opposed to starting and maybe getting, you know, a handful of appearances. Now he should get a few more extra appearances uh, this season. They still want to they still want him to stretch out because Tommy Hadwe mentioned, you know, you can't just count it, go into counting on five guys as your rotation, and we're going to get through 162 games with these guys starting every fifth day. It's just not realistic. Right. Uh, having Adbert Alzali that can cover, you know, multi-innings in relief or can spot star is really, really valuable. And we've seen the, how important that is with guys like, you know, Adrian Sampson or Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson. Like, that, that is real, and having that is, is really beneficial to, to a team like the Cubs. Yeah, and I think, too, his stuff ticks up a bit in the bullpen, yeah. and, you know, he's throwing a bit harder, and for a guy who can miss bats, like that is arguably a better opportunity for him if yeah. you can pick, you know, put him in there for the sixth, seventh, eighth, or something like that. Um, and also pick your pockets where he's not facing lefties because over the last couple of years, lefties have hit him pretty hard. Yeah. And it's something he's still working to adjust to. But like 
while he figures that out, while he continues to grow, I think you can find a pocket where he faces, you know, seven out of nine hitters are righties, something like that. Yeah. Or I guess that's the full lineup, but like, you know, six out of seven hitters yeah. are righties or something like that. Or against a very right-handed dominant team, maybe he relieves and throws one inning and then comes back at the end of the series and throws two innings. I think there's a lot of different ways to use that. David Ross has shown the, those unique and interesting ways to use that. And then same with the next guy on our list, Keegan Thompson. Like you said, he has filled that weapon-type role. He's been that shutdown reliever for multi-innings. He's been a starter. I think he's, he's shown well in both. But there's something to be said about the, the trickle-down effect for the rest of the bullpen. For a guy like Thompson or Alzali, who you give them the ball, three or four innings, they shut it down for the rest of the way, whether in a win or a loss, whatever it is, and reset the bullpen for everybody else. So they're more fresh. That was the best version of the Cubs bullpen we saw this year. Obviously, those other guys were traded away. And so, last year. And last year, too. You're right. Like, when they have that kind of guy, like a Keegan Thompson has been, or even Alzelay probably could be, that leads to good things for the rest of the pitching staff, I think. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, this season was a little bit of an anomaly with the more compressed schedule where you had a little bit more doubleheaders or you had, you know, long stretches of games. But if you're in a 12-game a and 12-day stretch, the ability to be able to go to Keegan Thompson twice in that span and reset that's like an off day for the bullpen that's yeah. huge that that provides so much cover that you know shortens the game for 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 the manager too because you, you know you know okay with the starter if he can get to the fifth or sixth we're pretty set because then we'll we'll let the, the the we'll let keegan or or adbert come in and finish finish the job that's the the versatility and, and benefit of having guys like that in your pitching staff yeah and i think that's probably the role we see keegan thompson in for so. next year to start um Again, things could change, maybe injuries, maybe Hendricks doesn't bounce back, or maybe something else happens. But I think I would expect the Cubs to probably add at least one free agent starter, maybe two this winter. Maybe they're depth guys. Maybe it's bringing a guy like Miley or Smiley back. Maybe it's some of these other guys that are going to be out there as free agents. Um, and I think we already talked about, you know, Hendricks, Stroman, Steele are the three guys that we're penciling in right now. But as you look at, like, Adrian Sampson, what yeah. he's done in the rotation. Javier Assad has been interesting when he when he comes up. Like, where do you see those two? And then maybe also, like, we've kind of said that with Steele, but, like, like those three, including Steele, where is their fit, like, long-term? Is Steele in the rotation moving forward? I think Steele for sure is in the rotation moving forward. Sampson and Assad are very interesting pieces. I think Assad is the kind of guy that, you know, you can start him in AAA next year. Something happens, you can bring him back up, and you you know what he, that he can provide length and and he has the moxie. To, like, he's never, he's never, the moment's never been too big for Javier Assad when he's been out there. That's what has impressed me the most. He doesn't have the flashiest stuff. You know, he's not going right. to throw 100 miles an hour past you. He's not going to have this wipeout slider. But he knows what he wants to do and he knows where he wants to throw. And that's what's impressed everyone, too. You know, David Ross has mentioned his pitchability and, and it's just that is what his strength is. And then in Adrian Sampson's case, you know, I think he's he, he serves so many – this is the second year in a row where he's gone through a stretch that he's just shown that, hey, he can get big league outs in any role you want him to. And he mentioned, too, uh, you know, he, he says he wanted to be – after his last outing, he says, I want to be here when this team's good. And when this team's good, you don't just have five starters. You use maybe ten starters throughout the year, and I want to be one of those guys. 
I I think he's earned that, yeah. you know, and especially I do believe he has minor league options. So like, and he's probably another guy that is on the forty man, and maybe he and Assad start the year in the minor leagues, yeah. or maybe an injury pops up, he's in the opening day rotation, or again, maybe he's a multi-inning relief weapon. Like yeah. I don't know, but you're right. I mean, he has proved people wrong the last two years. Yeah. Like he was off the radar completely in the middle of last year. He was DFA this year. That's true. He was DFA twice by the Cubs yeah. once, and then by the Mar- Mariners after that. And then came back, and he really likes it here. He likes the the pitching infrastructure, the organization. You know, he likes the pitching coaches like Tommy Hadovy and working with Craig Breslow. And his stuff is ticked up. You know, yeah. we're seeing more 94s and and even a couple 95s on the radar gun from him. You know, his movement looks good. He is getting some swing and miss. But even without that, like, he's just going out there and shutting down some really good lineups yeah. and also going up toe-to-toe with some good pitchers. Like, we had that stat a couple weeks ago, you know, where he sh- he went up against Jacob deGrom, Cubs won. He went up against Corbin Burns early in the year, Cubs won. He went up against Pablo Lopez on the Marlins, who was, a you know, an all-star candidate, and their ace, Cubs won. You know, yeah. like, he goes out there, and he had a 1.0 ADRA in that yeah. span, like, in those three starts. He continues to prove people wrong. I think he's a guy, absolutely, I th- like you, I think – he and Assad are two guys that will probably see start games for the Cubs next season. Probably not opening day, but maybe moving on after that. So um, a lot of interesting moving parts in the, in the Cubs pitching yep. staff. Again, we'll see what they do free agency-wise, and I'm sure they're going to add several pieces in the bullpen. Uh, we've seen the success, success with that with the Ryan Taperas, David Robertsons, Chris Martins of the world, where they sign these veteran guys. Um, so that'd be really interesting to see what they do free agent yeah. wise for the bullpen this year. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. They've proven they've they've shown success in the track record track record to be able to sign guys and uh, that you know veteran guys and and make them effective relievers. Jeremy Jefferson, twenty twenty. Yeah. You mentioned those guys, Michael Gibbons this year. I mean, there's no there's not a ton of doubt that I think that they can you know find a couple of relievers that that veteran relievers that can be really valuable to the bullpen. All right, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and check us out in video form on the Marquee Sports Network app and YouTube. For Andy, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening and watching.